Together, growing in faith, changing communities. Dear friends, today I would like us to reflect on the Gospel of Luke chapter 7 from verse 19 to verse 23. John calls two of his disciples and he sends them to Jesus to ask a question. Are you the one who is to come or shall we wait for another one? It is an interesting question eh? because if you realize that John is the master, John is the rabbi, John is a, is, a, is a very respected figure, not only in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. He is well respected in his community, but he's able to send two of his disciples to go and confirm for himself. Please go to Jesus and find out, is he the one that I've been waiting for or there's another one who's coming? Now, I love this concept of waiting, of anticipation, waiting for the fulfillment of God in our lives. Go to the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, where you find a Simeon and Anna in the temple. And when Jesus is presented in the temple, and Simeon has this beautiful praise that he says about Jesus. At last, O powerful master, you give leave to your servant to go in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. The salvation which you've prepared for your people and the light that you want to enlighten your people. Now, I don't know what you've been waiting for or what you are waiting for or what you are waiting on. But this concept of waiting for something, of anticipation, of wanting something to be fulfilled in our lives is very important. It is at the core of the Advent period. Advent is a time where we wait on the Lord, where we wait for the birth of Jesus. We wait for a miracle to take place in our own lives. Some of us have been waiting for employment, for inner peace, for healing, for love, for acceptance. And this concept of waiting can leave us with mixed emotions. Others are always left hopeful, knowing it's going to happen. Others, eventually, they tend to be led into depression because they're frustrated and they, they don't see an end towards this. Advent allows us to see through the pain, to pray through the struggles, to realize that God has a better plan. I love the questioning that comes from John because In himself, he knows that he is not complete. He knows that he needs something and someone who will complete this. How many of us are aware of that? That in myself, I'm not complete. I need help. I need need something bigger than this. I need something that speaks to me. I need something that can fulfill my dreams. While many of us are in relationships and we are not really happy. How many of us are in marriages and we are not really fulfilled? What is it that is lacking? What is it that is lacking in me? What is it that is lacking in my relationship? What is it that I'm longing for? What are your greatest yearnings? And sometimes in our relationships with God, it can be like that. That I feel empty. I feel secluded. I feel unimportant. I feel that I'm just a statistic. I'm just a number. I don't belong anywhere. So what are you longing for? 
What are you hoping for? The question that he asked, are you the one that we've been hoping for? Because with that question comes a sense of assurance. Because if the answer is yes, then John can breathe again. He can be fulfilled. His dreams can take shape. He can then say, I'm happy. Go to the Gospel of John chapter 1 where he sees Jesus and he says, Behold the Lamb of God. This is the one who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one who has called us to himself. This is the one who loves us more than anything. And I love that he sends his two of his disciples. Is he sending them so that they find out on their own for themselves? Is he sending them so that they can confirm it for themselves? Is John preparing them for a transition? How good are we to prepare for transition in leadership? Do we want to hold on to power, to authority, even when there is no need? How good are we to lead people into a better tomorrow? Or we only want it to be done by us. I've always done it this way and it will always be done this way. As long as I'm alive, as long as I'm around, it's going to be done this way. How many of us are open into what God is calling us to do? How many of us are willing to trust God with everything that is happening in our lives? Can I trust him with my life? Can I trust him with my faith? Can you trust him with your family? And so when Jesus meets the two disciples, he listens to them. And as he listens to them, he continues to do that which he wants to do. He continues to do that which comes naturally in his life. He heals the people. Now, there's something that we can learn from here. They're coming to Jesus to ask him, how does he take this? Does he take an offense in the question? Or does he collaborate with them and help them? There are people who are going to ask certain things to you, about you, about your life, about what you do. Do I close in and close up? Do I shut down? Do I get angry? Do I get frustrated? Or do I listen? Do I seek to understand? Do I seek to be a reconciler? Do I seek to, to, to give you that which will help you to have a better view, a better understanding? How many people have misunderstood us, misconstrued the truth? How many people have an idea about you and they do not really know who you are? How many people have said things about you, but they don't really, really, really know who you are and what you stand for? So as Jesus does this, there's something amazing that he does. He continues to do his work. And sometimes when people question us and they say, say certain things to us or about us, we tend to want to shut down. We tend to, to walk away, to go into our little corner and get, and get angry. And whatever we want to do there, we want to be out of the world. And Jesus says, no, listen to what people do and say, but do that which you know is the right thing to do. How many of us can have that courage to do the right thing, even though the people around you do not believe in you? To do the right thing, not because you're waiting for appraisal. You're doing the right thing because you know it is the right thing to do. I'm doing that which I know has to be done. And that is another attitude that Jesus teaches us. But in the process of him doing that, this is something amazing for me. He says, go and tell John, the blind see, the lame can walk, the deaf can hear, the mute can speak. Go and tell him that the good news have, has been preached and continually being preached to those who are in need of them. 
Go and tell him the wonderful works that God is doing. Sometimes we don't need to defend ourselves. Let our actions speak on our behalf. Let those who've experienced the mercy of God speak praises of God. And that's what is at the gist of our lives. We spend and waste so much time in trying to prove to people how right we are, how wrong they are. That's not our job. Our job is to do that which you do as best as you can. And God will do the rest. The ability to trust God with our broken lives. The ability to trust God in times of uncertainty. To say, Lord, I have no understanding what's going on, but I'm trusting you. I will do that which you have asked me to do because that is the only thing that I know how to do. I know how to serve you and how to fulfill what you have begun in our lives. And so as they hear this, my God, they walk away and they must be very powerfully blessed. Jesus says something absolutely amazing at the end. He says, blessed is the person who takes no offense in me. Why would Jesus say something like that? Is he talking about John? Is he talking about the apostles? Is he talking about those around him? Well, the question is an open-ended question. Blessed is the one who doesn't take offense in me. Now, there's an important question. When I see someone doing something good and something great, do I congratulate them? Do I wish them well? Or do I take offense in the good that they do? Because sometimes there could be a very great temptation of wanting to be the only one who shines, of wanting to be the only one who does that which is good, and forget that it is all for the glory of God. Every little thing that we do, it should always be done for the glory of God, for the sanctification of souls. It is never about us. May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with you, to protect, to bless, and to guide you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.